Hi everyone, I am JD And I'm Bree You're now listening to Come Diaries Please know that this show is explicit We will discuss sex and other shit So kiss the kids goodnight Lie down, relax And enjoy our show So let's start with some foreplay In a new relationship When is it appropriate to swallow? A. First sexual encounter B. When I love you is being said, see a few months in to a year, or D, whenever you're comfortable. Well, sis, I'm so glad you gave me option D because that's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's whenever you're comfortable with that person. That could be on the first night. Maybe y'all just hit it off really well, or a year down the road because that's just when you feel comfortable. I know for me, um. In this new situation, it's not a relationship, but the guy that I'm currently sexually active with, um, dang, I, I only swallowed one time, and that happened, like, it really was like an in-the-moment situation. I wasn't really thinking about it. I kind of just did it because he nutted, and it actually tasted good. Ew. Yes, it, ta- it tasted good this time. I could tell that his diet was healthy. Um, he was on his fruits and vegetables, water, what? <laughs> it was. It tasted good. It wasn't like because sometimes it'll have like a, I don't know. This is weird, but it had like an earwax taste. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Ew. So this time it was it was pretty sweet. So I I went ahead and swallowed. Ew. And that at that point we maybe were like, eh, I would say a year in. Wait, wait, wait. Pause. That wasn't your first time having sex, was it? No. Okay, so technically you are C a few months into a year because it took you damn near a year to swallow. Well, for your question. <laughs> I answered based on how I feel like um, for our listeners, if they feel like they want to swallow the same night that they meet the guy. We're talking about you. Maybe so, but I still feel like it's whenever you feel comfortable. For me, I feel comfortable year in. (laughs) So, sis, you need to rearrange your answer choices. Because really, D could apply to all A, B, and C, okay? (laughs) Technically, that that was definitely like a... um... A trick question for lack of better terms I do feel like I, I'm not a believer when you start having sex I'm not a believer in holding back I truly believe you're already there you might as well give your best performance because at the end of the day whether everything go left or it goes right one thing is for certain y'all had sex period right so when you both can get up and walk away knowing we both had sex, whether it, our relationship from here go left or go right, you might as well give it your all because y'all still had sex. Personally, I wouldn't want to leave anyone's bedroom mediocre or whack. When I leave your bedroom, like, damn, that was all right. That was it. That was that was that. That was the best I ever had. So you already having sex. I mean, why hold back? If you're into whatever you're into, why hold back? What what do you get out of holding back? So I understand your point, but as it relates specifically to this question for a swallowing, 
I feel like for me, I don't know if you have an STD on, on, you know, in that moment. Like, I want to make sure that we're all good to go. Because as we know, STDs can be transmitted via ejaculatory fluids. So I don't want to swallow your nut. And get chlamydia in the throat. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so we I need all real test people. That's a real thing. <laughs> I need all test results to come back negative first. <laughs> and so at that time, I had knew his status. And like I said, it was like in the moment, it was sweet. Literally for me, all the stars were just aligned correctly. So bam, it happened. Oh, that's that's really good because I don't swallow, so I don't know nothing. About I was just about to say I wish I could turn the question back to you, but I already know you discussed in the earlier podcast that you do not swallow. I'm not on that. That's disgusting. I earwax, really? I will fucking die if some shit skeet in my mouth and it tastes like earwax. <laughs> It's over. I'm going to brush my teeth. I want to gargle, drink plenty of water. It's a wrap. I'm not turned on. I'm disgusted. Ew. Uh uh. Mm -mm. (laughs) Even with food, I have a thing about nasty stuff being in my mouth. That boils down to food. Like my appetite, I'm done. I don't want any more. Nope. I can't do it. I understand. That's fine. But, you know, too, it's kind of like a difference to the question that you're asking, or I guess I should say like different layers, because there is nutting in the mouth and then spit it out. Mm. And then there's nutting in the mouth and then swallowing it. So I spit it out multiple times. But again, going back to your original question, swallowing. (laughs) It won't even go in my mouth. Um, It's not even going in my mouth. (laughs) Not going to happen. Nope. I am, like, when it comes down to that, I am 100% childish, and I am 100% okay with being childish in that aspect. I can't do it. Mm-mm. Never even tried it. I just can't do it. Want to know a story? Sure. This is a true story. So, you know when you were, like, a child, and you begging for other people's stuff, like their candy or something? So, I don't remember which friend, but a childhood friend. I'm like, oh, can I have some? And then they pour some of whatever this candy is in my hand, and I put it in my mouth, and I begin to chew. As soon as I bit down, fluid gushed in my goddamn mouth. It was a gusher. And I, it was, first of all, it was nasty. Secondly, I didn't know what to expect. To this day, I do not like anything gushing in my mouth. I don't eat anything with a filling. Like, if it's like a donut, like a filling donut, I will literally break the donut apart and um, squeeze the filling out. or scrape it off the donut I'm not on that that was like a traumatizing event and when I say that people think that's like the funniest shit ever but I cannot do it I am traumatized like I can still remember the experience I had when I bit into that gusher and all that fluid just ugh just came out and it was that oh my god like who the fuck made up a gusher that is the the most disgusting candy (laughs) ever and I connected that with ejaculating especially watching porn even though a lot of that stuff is not real but to see how fat well first of all sperm exit out the penis at 25 miles per hour you know how fast that is for fluid to leave the body (laughs) and then uh, oh my god do you remember that scene from scary movie the the first one when she's having sex with uh, her boyfriend and then he nutted and she flew to the top of the ceiling Cause all of his nuts really just dead. like pushed her up. Really <laughs> I think about that, and I'm like, so like, if you sucking, right? So you sucking, 
and then he get ready to come and then he starts eating it's like I feel like I'm gonna choke. That's that's what I imagine and I don't wanna choke, so I don't do it. And I think it's nasty. <laughs> so I do share your same dislike for gushers. I hate those. I, I do feel like those source candy ever. But I don't know. I feel like you know, nothing in the mouth is it's a different it's a different experience. Like to me, like I said before, I'm a pleaser. So I don't know, it turns me on that you're turned on. I like to feel the dick thumping in my mouth when he's ejaculating. Like you can feel it just thumping. And I just I just love that. <laughs> I, I like that feeling in my coochie. And it take his soul too. It take his girl, let me tell you, when your man nut in your mouth. And he see that you just taking it. Oh my gosh, you have totally taken his soul at that point. <laughs> and don't even look at him. Do mm. not look at him, girl. <laughs> mm. Maybe one day I will grow up. Maybe. Um, I don't know when. Maybe one day I'll grow up and maybe I can circle back and that can be one of my come entries. Who knows? We'll see. But not today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was some good foreplay. So now we're going to get into the sex. Ladies, let's say you just ended a two-year relationship or men. <laughs> you were comfortable with this person. You knew everything about them. You know what turns them on. You know what turns them off. You just know everything. And they knew everything about you, including all of your flaws. The way that you leave laundry around in your room, leave dishes in the sink, and all of those different things. <laughs> Not wiping the toilet seat off when you pee. (laughs) (laughs) So you just knew it all in that relationship. But unfortunately, that has ended. And now you're ready to get back on the dating scene. So at this point, you're dating around. And now you're always trying to make sure you're on point. You got your hair done all the time. Your nails done all the time. You got a fresh fade, fresh cut, fresh lineup. You just always on point when you're around your potential new bae. So, at what point do you begin to let your hair down again and take that makeup off and just let just be free? <sighs> the vain part of me says, never. You never, ever, 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 ever. You never show him that, that side. But the grounded me, that is so difficult. So, for me, transitioning to a leaving a relationship and getting into a new relationship do you know how exhausting it is to keep up a persona that you're always barbie for lack of better terms 24 7 that shit is exhausting it's exhausting it's very very exhausting so going from hair i love my natural hair i love a good blowout I love wearing my hair curly. I love blowing my hair out and wearing it, you know, in a um, in a flexi rod set. I've blown out hair. And then sometimes I love a sleek back ponytail without weave, just my real hair, my real hair. Or I love not having my hair done, you know, but so it's like <laughs> sometimes when like when, when, I, when I always have my hair done, then I'm like, you know what, I just want my hair to be free. and. That is the most liberating feeling ever for me sometimes, just to not have my hair done. But then you're in a new relationship, and it's like, look, like, I am perfectly fine with my hair on top of my head. But 
when you introduce that side of you, it's difficult. Cause I, I can, I can, I can be mature and say, oh, you just, you know, be you from day one. But I'm not that mature. That's hard. That's really, really hard. The makeup thing. I don't wear makeup. Okay, I do wear makeup every day in the sense of every day I fill in my eyebrows and I wear mascara and I do a lip gloss. Technically, that is makeup, that is cosmetic. But to go into terms of putting on foundation and blush, mm-hmm. no, I do not do that every day. I have to have, I have to literally have an amazing night's rest, wake up early enough to do my makeup. If I have to choose between makeup in the morning and sleep, sleep is going to win all the time. If I'm going out, even that sometimes is hit or miss. I may just still fill my eyebrows, do a nice red. Anyone who knows me know I love a red lip. Eyebrows, mascara, a red lip, and I'm good to go. So the makeup theme, as far as foundation and eyelashes and blush, that is hit or miss unless I'm really going somewhere. So that part isn't difficult. But the hair thing... Yeah, um, because sometimes I can go, I can, I can do a sleep bun and a sleep ponytail in my real hair and be fine with it and still look cute. See, I, I agree. It's interesting that you say that because I can honestly say for me and every time I meet someone new, well, let, let me start by saying this. I love makeup, but I am not into that heavy photo ready look every day. That is not me. Like, I do have foundations and highlighters and, you know, I be glowing and shimmering and all of that. But I feel like that's literally reserved for special occasions. (laughs) That is not my everyday look (laughs) at all. So with that being said, I I know that I'm not going to get up every morning to do that. So I can honestly say that with when I meet new people. I'm like you, Jazz. I have my brows done because that's just the everyday thing for me. Like, that is going to be done. Yeah, that, that's not <laughs> I'm a feeling them in. I'm highlighting and all of that. So I do my brows and I do my lips. And sometimes I wear lashes. Sometimes I do mascara. But for the most part, I think, and it's funny, I never realized that I had this mentality until now we're discussing this. Because for me, looking back on it, it was because I felt like, well, I never want you to get comfortable with someone that's just not me. Like, I don't want to take off my face and then you're like, oh, my God, you look so different. Like, I never wanted my man to say that. So I always tried to keep it as real as I could from day one. So, you know, when I wipe these brows off or whatever, I still look. It's not a dramatic difference. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Correct. I'm with you, especially with the makeup, uh, since we're talking about makeup. I do believe all women should have a... I'll say 15, maybe 10 to 20 minute routine, makeup routine. That's very simple. I personally, this is just my opinion. This is not set in stone. I don't believe every day women should wear, because it's a difference between nighttime makeup, stage makeup, photo shoot makeup. I don't believe those looks are for Monday through Friday, nine to five. I, that's just me. But I do feel like putting on, you know, mascara, maybe a simple foundation routine, some lipstick, that is very, that is highly acceptable. And it makes you, you know, feel good about yourself. Um, 
to cover a little blemishes here and there. But for me, I like to do my foundation to where I can still see my skin. So it's not, for lack of better terms, caked up. But, you know, in the makeup industry, I guess you would say, it's not too many layers. You can still see my skin. You can still see right. me. So once I wipe the makeup off, it's not like, oh, my God, you a whole new person. Like, no. My, it's just when I have on the foundation, my skin tone is more even. That's all. But, right. you know, it's not a dramatic difference. So with that, if I meet you in makeup and then the next day you see me without it, it's not like, what happened? It's okay. Right. You probably won't even tell. That's how I like to do my makeup, to make it very natural and stay true to who I am. Right. I agree. And, you know, I'm totally not saying that I have an issue with any female who does the full face every day. Right. Do you, boo. But for me, that's just that's not, not the case. Work. And I want my man to know that upfront, you are not getting glam, ready, photo, ready, brie every day. That's just no. not going to happen. No. And then I also just thought about going back to the hair. So I will say at one point I was on Tinder. I had a Tinder profile. So, and it's funny because again, I did not realize what I was doing until now we're having this conversation and I'm looking back on it. So on my Tinder profile, each picture that I posted was me with a different hairstyle, some with my natural hair and then some with weave. Because in the back of my mind, I guess subconsciously, I was trying to present to whoever, you know, I matched with that these are all the variations of Brie that you could possibly get. You see Brie with her real hair. You see Brie, you know, in a natural uh, poof ball. You see Brie with a silk press you see brie with braids you see brie with a sew-in so i feel like the point that i'm trying to make is that i like to kind of put all the cards on the table <laughs> from the jump so you know okay you might have met me with this sew-in and this brazilian lace front or whatever but at one point you also gonna see this puffball so i need you to see what brie looked like with this puffball too <laughs> I agree. I I agree. I agree a thousand percent. Even with, um, since you mentioned Tinder and social media, I don't filter my pictures. That most what I would do with filtering, maybe if the light is not as best, but I love the picture, I will brighten up the picture. But I do not filter because I personally have seen people in person and I'm like, you do not look like your picture. Like you're unrecognizable. And for yeah. me, I don't want to be unrecognizable. If you see me, you're like, oh, okay, that's JD. That's her. That's how she looked and whatever. But filter, cause I, cause like, it's just, it's too much. It's too much. Especially since a lot of relationships are starting off online. So I can't imagine you know, you meet someone on whatever social media you prefer, and then we see them in person, they look totally different. Because, you know, some filters can make your skin look perfect when you do not have perfect skin. And then you're like, and that can be a big difference. And they're like, we have to be real with ourselves. That can be a huge difference. And you see that person, you like, girl or boy, this is not the latest picture you uploaded on your social media <laughs> I don't I don't I don't I mean I'm not gonna say I don't like it it just doesn't work for me so I try my I don't filter pictures I brighten up a picture if the lighting is terrible and I love that photo but no I'm not going through a thousand filters unless it's like the cute little doggy ears or the stars and stuff like I think those are super cute but to literally take a picture and to put a filter on it to alter 
So if it's not lighting reasons, then I stay away from it. Right. Um, I do use filters, but it's more so, yeah, now that I think about it, it is because of lighting. It's not because I'm not pleased with how I look. Right. Because, again, I guess going back to your uh, <laughs> vain perspective, I, I think I look good all the time. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I don't need all of that. And again, like I do want to some point present my authentic self. So I know we've been talking about the hair and the, and the um, makeup. What about nails? Are you big on like making sure your nails and toes stay done? Um, so I have a rule. Whether you prefer acrylics or polish or whatever, I believe no woman should walk around with chip polish on toes and on fingers. If your polish is chipped, take that shit off whether you're going to the nail salon or not i mean i think everyone every woman should know how to clip nails and file them down to shape them in a square or oval whatever shape you prefer but when that shit starts chipping take it off take it off <laughs> i know sometimes for me i hate being service i hate getting my hair done i hate getting my makeup i hate being service unless it's a massage so i am known for skipping some nail appointments I'm known for that, especially now with so many um, black women getting into the nail industry and they want appointments versus a couple of years ago, it was all Asians doing it. You just walk in. So, you know, that is a good point. Yeah, trying (laughs) to support um, more black nail technicians. And you can, I respect their time. Their policy is to schedule a nail appointment. I schedule a nail appointment. <laughs> Even though I'm not used to that and I don't prefer that, I'd rather just walk in. I'll do it. So I'm a person I hate being service. So I was, I would literally know I need a fill-in. I can see I need a fill-in. And it'll probably take me, take me another week to go get that fill-in. But my toes, I do not play with my toes. My toes have to either be no polish clipped and shaped nicely or polished there's no in between once that polish starts chipping whether i'm in between appointments or not it has to come off because i just think that is the most unkempt thing to walk around with open toe shoes or sandals or slides and you have chip polish i, I can't stand seeing it but that's my personal preference this is not set in stone this is what <laughs> these are the rules that i have for myself as a woman yeah, I agree. I feel like for me, because um, I have I'm in a professional setting. I feel like my 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 nails and my hair just go with the whole look yeah. of professionalism for me. For me, like I define professionalism by making sure my nails are kept, my hair is kept, and things like that. I totally agree. Oh, but you know, one else, another thing that I think um a good rule for women: shaving. I cannot think. <gasps> Underarm, <laughs> I cannot stand here on the legs. That every like literally every time I shower, I'm shaving under my arms and my legs. So under my arms, I literally shave under my arms every other day. That's just a habit. Yeah. And my legs probably once a week because I grow a lot of hair on my legs under my arms. It has to go. So that's just another me being vain. I'm not having sex with underarm hair. I'm just not doing it. I'm not wearing spaghetti. Well, what is it? I'm about to say strapless. Yes, yeah, strapless. I'm not wearing sleeveless shirts with armpit hair. I'm not wearing skirts or dresses with arm with hair on my legs. I just think, granted, you may have just gotten out the shower, but to me, I'm like, oh my god, she has not showered. Like that's the first thing my mind goes to. Like, oh, she hasn't showered. 
She has hair <laughs> on her legs, on her, under her arms. She hasn't showered. So you're right. And I feel like you're right. As a woman, it's funny because as we're talking about these things, I'm realizing in my mind that I don't do any of this for a man. I do these things because this is what makes me feel good about myself. Like, right. even if there was no man in the picture, I like you. I, I say once every day, though, like I say every night. Because I cannot stand to see the hair. Like, I don't like the little prickles. Like, no. Yes. Every, night, every night. Now, what I do do every other day is the um, body scrub. Like, I put body scrub on to keep my skin soft. So, it won't, you won't feel the prickles as much as it goes throughout the day. I don't know what it is about my hair growth, but it grows <laughs> at a rapid growth rate. <laughs> Ladies out there, if you're listening, Pure Romance. They have this shaving cream called Titan. It's for men. A girl, baby, listen. I use that to keep my pubic hair shaved. Oh, my God. So once you, like, you supposed to put it on whatever area of your body you want to shave. Make sure that area is already wet. And when you put it on your skin, you let it sit there for a couple of minutes. And then you shave it off. I swear, my coochie be feeling like a baby's bottom because it's supposed to be like a conditioner as well. I'm not into waxes. Like, I literally stopped getting my eyebrows waxed in 2013. And I remember that because for some reason, the wax started to burn my eyebrows. And I'm not into pain. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this no more. So I never got my vagina waxed before. Well, I'm sorry, my vulva waxed before. I just shave it myself. And I know some people use Nair. But I love using the Titan from Pure Romance. It's for men. But my coochie feels amazing after I use that. And I have to keep that shaved too. Now, I don't judge women who keep who keep their hair on their pubic, I mean, that's that's personal, you know. However, if you are wearing a bikini, that bikini line needs to disappear. That's just me. I don't want to see a um, bush hanging out of your bikini. But, you know, <laughs> you want to keep your pubic hair, go for it, girl. Do you? You know? What about when you enter a new relationship and you want to hide that you are messy? <laughs> Okay, Jazz, so you know, everyone who knows me knows how freakishly clean I am. So, again, for me, these are just natural traits for me. (laughs) Like, there is nothing messy about me, literally. Like, you know, even having a toddler around, I'm constantly straightening, decluttering, organizing. Like, I just have a routine. I don't know. It's like a set thing. So, for me, I have never had a man say to me, like, dang, you messy. Like, you're not going to clean these dishes up or you leave your clothes laying around. Like, no, that's just not me. That's not me. So, personally, I can't speak from that viewpoint. I can't because that's never been me. (laughs) I can't. So, here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. I have a hate for odors. So with that being said, I am a stickler about keeping my kitchen and my bathrooms clean. That's non-negotiable. I don't want to smell anything but nice fragrance. So even dishes, I'm not going to sleep with dirty dishes. I, everything has to be clean as far as my kitchen and my bathrooms are concerned. But baby, listen, if I have to get up and go to the office or I have a lot of running around to do, or a personal or work, whatever. When I come home, I'm taking my clothes off. 
So I have a rule. Clothes are not allowed in my house. <laughs> like this is a nudist camp. So when I come home, the first thing I'm doing is stripping down. And when I strip down, I throw everything in my closet. It's, it, I'm just not, by the time I get back home from my long day, my brain does not tell me to pick up my clothes and put them in a dirty, um, in the laundry room, in the dirty basket, or to hang this up, whatever. Everything is on the floor, and that's it. I'm done. I, I just can't do <laughs> it. I can't. Girl, we are total opposite <laughs> in that in that perspective because my brain does the exact opposite. When I get home and those clothes come off, my brain is telling me, Bree, go hang that up. <laughs> <laughs> let's put this up let's put these shoes back where they belong like I don't know it's like it's something in my brain that I cannot stand a, a mess I cannot stand disarray my like, room clutter my house clutter is like a cluttered life in my opinion <laughs> you know how I fix that problem I what close my do? closet door it's out of sight out of mind my brain tells me <laughs> <laughs> you worked so hard today fuck these clothes let them they're, they're okay that's what my brain telling me and, like, literally by the end of the week, my closet floor has disappeared. It's covered with clothes, panties, stockings, scarves, coats, sweaters, shoes. Everything is covered. I'm like, okay, it's, it's the weekend now. Let's, let's get it together. But I, I keep, I have a thing about doors in my house. Every door has to be closed at all times. Only because I'm a little scary. And I have a theory. If you break into my house. You have to find me. So if looking for me, you're going to be opening every door and closing it. So I'm going to hear that. And that gives me time to prepare for when you come into my room. Either I'm gone or, you know what I mean? So it's just my own, <laughs> you know, twisted thing. So I keep my doors closed. Like, all of my doors are closed. And I'm, I'm like, it's nothing for me to get a nightmare. I don't I don't leave my closet door open because I feel like someone is watching me while I'm sleeping. Like, I believe in monsters underneath my bed. But in this instance, I believe they're in my closet. So I just keep them closed. So, yeah, as long as I don't see it, I don't give a damn. It will definitely be thrown in my closet, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> and I am okay with that. <laughs> that is okay. too funny. You know you know what I do hide? Um, oh, this might be a little too personal. I don't, don't want to say that. Okay, I don't care. So, what I do hide, because I do not like trash. So, when I'm on my period... I will get like a, a um like a Winn-Dixie bag, a plastic bag, and I keep all of my pads, my dirty pads inside of this bag and I just tie it. And then if my boyfriend is coming over, then I'll take the whole bag and I will just throw it in the big garbage that go out for the garbage people. But I'm totally fine with keeping it in my bathroom tied and I untie it to put the dirty one in. I tie it back and then I untie and I, you know, but if he's coming over there, like he knows I'm on my period because he know me, but he would never know. Like that's how I dispose my pads. Yeah. I'm with you on that one as well. I, I do the same thing because I just feel like, you know, it's not about showing the real me or being deceptive at that point to me that's just literally just hygiene practice yeah. great hygiene practice so for me people should smell your period or correct. how you dispose them like uh, you can keep it to yourself forever agreed <laughs> forever so one experience i did have with hiding the real me 
I never forget. Earlier on in our relationship, I had to take a shit. And so we were in my room watching a movie. And I'm like, oh shit, like I gotta take a shit. So instead of using the master bed or the master bathroom, I was like, um, so do you want anything to drink? You hungry? And he was like, no, I'm good. I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'll be back. I'm about to go and get some something to drink, fix a little snack. And he was like, oh, okay. So he was so into the movie, right? So I went downstairs into the downstairs bathroom. That was the quickest shit of my life. Like, I took the quickest <laughs> shit. And then I came back up with um with a little snacks and something to drink and whatever. And I was like, I bought something to drink anyway. He was like, oh, okay. So then I was like, oh, my God, I have to pee so bad. So then I go into the master bath and pretended to pee, but I washed my ass. And then, yeah, came back. So that's funny. So on the other side of that, my last relationship, we were together for like, I would say like eight years total. So, of course, I was super comfortable at that point. Like, girl, we used to take shits around each other all the time. Like, he'll be in the shower, I'll be taking the shit, vice versa. Like, (laughs) so do you ever think, like, like, at what point do you... Mm-mm. I'm trying to think, like, when did I get comfortable doing that? Like, I, I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't know when I got so comfortable, when we both got so comfortable to Mm-mm. do that. I feel like right now we're not at that stage. Like, I I actually have never shitted at my dude's house. I've never shitted at his house. Now, see, I, I don't have a problem shitting at his house. It's that damn master bathroom I have a problem with. I, I have to go to another bathroom, like, because, you know, sometimes it can be a struggle, you know, it stink. No, because I feel like you lose a little bit of sexiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you lose a little bit of sex. Like, I want to keep some of the imagination going. So, yeah, I'm not. No, I remember it was one particular show. And she would call her husband if she had to take a shit and he was out. She would call to get his ETA to see if she had time to shit before he came home. And that was like, I don't think I'd be that dramatic, but I don't. If we in this, no, the master bath is off limits for shitting. If see, I'm not totally opposed to that though, because even though him and I were comfortable doing that, like there are totally ways to get around it. Like they have that stuff called a uh, poopery. Girl, does that work? Yes, actually, it really does. And you could do the courtesy flush where you know you drop a turd, you flush, and then you drop a turd, you flush. Yes, it really. I'm telling you, like, you know, even though I never shit it at his house, I have. If I have to shit at work, I use that method. Like, I drop a turd, flush, put my little potpourri, and really, you cannot, you cannot smell it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's very so ways to still keep it sexy, like so he won't even know what you got going on. Cause when you walk out, it's gonna still be smelling like roses and flowers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, maybe I'll look into that. Cause but for as of as of now, shitting in the master bath is a no. <laughs> That's all right, so now we talked a lot about physical features and hair and nails and when it's the right time for you to just let that stuff go. But let's dig a little deeper. Let's talk about things a little bit more on a deeper level. So, for example, 
disability, illnesses. At what point do you let your man know like, hey, you know, I've been diagnosed with anxiety or, hey, you know, um, I may be exposed to um, having schizophrenia because that runs in my family. Like, at what point do you Mm, allow your man to know those types of situations? Like, because, you know, all of, you know, mental illness, especially mental illness, um, disabilities, all of those things are looked at with a negative connotation. So it's like, even though we know that, okay, these are just other things, just like if we had, you know, heart disease, diabetes, or whatever, these are just other things that a person could have or suffer from. So with that being said, how do you, I guess, not, not scare the person away because of the negative connotation associated with disabilities and illnesses and things like that? Oh, wow. That's, that's really a great question. That's like a real thing that people are experiencing. I truly believe you never take away the person's right to choose. And that, that's scary because you can disclose that to someone and they may feel as though this is too much. I don't want to deal with this. Thank you for telling me, but I'm out. And that could hurt. Especially if you feel like you both have a really great connection and that this relationship can possibly go somewhere. Um, But that is a risk you would have to take because, again, you just don't take away anyone's right to choose. I think maybe that shouldn't be first date conversation. However, it should be within the first three months where you're not too invested in that person and you can, you know, be honest and just let them know this is what is going on with me now, because it would be our early conversation. I don't think details are necessary because you just don't know if that person will stay or run. And a lot of things are personal and it can be, um, that's, that's a very personal topic, especially when you come talking about mental illnesses and some disabilities, hell, some STIs. But I think that, you know, give them enough for them to know something is present and that they do have the option to stay or leave. I don't think you should wait until... First off, let me just say this. Don't date until you're comfortable with your situation. So when you're comfortable with your situation, you're able to talk about it to your comfort level talk about it enough that someone know that something is present but not necessarily in its totality so if you're we can just go let's go to the um extreme end of the spectrum let's say you're hiv positive don't date anyone unless you're comfortable with your status and you're comfortable saying out loud that you have hiv so that when you start your dating journey you can tell them, hey, just to let you know I am HIV positive. You know, um, even with mental illness, you know, I do have depression that runs in my family or I experience depression. Whenever you're comfortable with your situation, start dating. But if you're not comfortable, maybe work on yourself. And then I think that conversation would be easy, but totally within the first three months, for sure. I definitely agree. And like you said, I know that those topics could be very sensitive. So it is like, okay, do I tell you now? Like, 
this is a lot of information to be giving you. Like, I don't want you knowing my private information like that. Mm -hmm. But I definitely agree that all the cards should be laid out on the table. So, like you said, the person can have the right to choose. And I mean, you know, it could it could turn into still a healthy situation by disclosing that information. I don't know. I'm just really big on being honest, being truthful. Like, I don't want to start anything on a lie. So I feel like withholding information voluntarily, that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Lying by omission. But I do believe when it comes down to family issues, girl, shut up. That ain't his business. Hold that. If it comes up in conversation, mm -hmm, keep it on a light surface. Don't give that man or that woman all that family drama. Nobody want to, uh-uh. Hide <laughs> that your family is crazy, okay? Hide the I dysfunction in your family. I totally Hide that shit. For me, I would say I I started, I guess, disclosing that type of information when I knew that, okay, you're about to get ready to meet my family. And when I say about to get ready to meet my family, I mean in the sense of like, Okay, next week you coming to this wedding with me. So let me just tell you what's going on. <laughs> and then I always give a disclaimer like, okay, boo, you know, don't judge me off my family. You know, this is just my family. That's them. You know, they still love you. They they good people. They good people at the end of the day. It's all good. It's all good. But you may see some of this, some of this, some of this. Just let it slide and roll with it. <laughs> Child, they keep it a secret until the wedding day. Let them find out when y'all getting married. <laughs> I don't know about that one now. I don't know about that. I'm going to let you know when you get ready to meet them. Yeah, that's but... a good strategy. But mm-mm, if you can hold off, I believe you can hold off. Because that, that's, that's, uh, that is, that is something to deal with. If you have a, like, all of us have our family dramas, our family dysfunctions, so on and so forth. But some are deeper than others. And some can be like, you are a dope person, but I don't want to deal with your family. And, you know, it's just, if you can finesse that, as long as you can then do so but I don't think that is early relationship conversation like keep it light I don't think we don't we don't need to go into family history and drama so early on in our relationship I definitely agree I mean like I said unless I see signs that you really are here for like a longer term situation then of course again I definitely think that it's fair for me to let you know because I know the type of person I am I ask a million questions so you know, I'm definitely going to be all up in your business. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are quite the interviewer. <laughs> hey, if I'm dealing with you, I need to know what I'm dealing with. I need to be able to put the whole picture together because, you know, so many times we make assumptions about people. And I feel like for me, asking questions to put the whole picture together allows me to understand a person better. So if I know, oh, well, you act this way because I know what you have going on with this situation or like, okay, this explains why you handle this in this way. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just helps me to be a more understanding person and learn how to work with you and deal with your personality. Like, I mean, that's how I look at it. That's true. So you have a child and I do not. So how soon do you discuss co-parenting Introducing your child, how what how does that work? 
Okay, so that is a great question because I actually am currently in that situation. So fortunately, thank God for me, <laughs> my ex and I have no drama. There are no issues. We co-parent very well together. And people that I talk to, they see that. So they definitely did not feel like, oh, this is a messy situation. Like, I don't want to deal with that. So I was so happy about that. Um, Now, when it comes to introducing my son, so, you know, they know I have a child. They like, you know, people that I'm close with, I send them videos or pictures or whatever. Oh, you know, me and Alex doing this, you know, oh, Alex riding his bike, wooto, 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 whatever. So they know of him that way. But as far as like really introducing, uh, I have not introduced him to anyone at this point, mainly because I'm not seriously committed to anyone at this point. I feel like for me, I don't want to have men running in and out the door. I don't want my son to see that. Like, oh, last week it was this man. Now it's this man. I don't want him to ever feel like, damn, you just got men coming in and out, like all over me. No, I'm real big on not having men over my child. So with that being said, I definitely have to see, again, a sign that it's a more serious situation. Like, okay, you really are taking me serious. Like, we really are exclusive. We really are potentially looking at long-term situations. So, okay, yes, you do need to meet my child because (laughs) potentially this could be your stepson. I need to see. Because, you know, I would hate, hate, hate to fall for someone, be all in love, and they just seem so perfect, but then find out they just can't naturally fall into the role of a stepdad. Like, they don't fit those criteria. Like, it's just not a good fit. So I feel like, you know, while it's not something that I do right away, I do feel like once we start getting to a more serious point, then at that point, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's time for you to meet my son. And even then, I think those are slow steps as well. So it's not like I would have it be like an intense situation or anything like that. It would literally be something where, like, it's centered around Alex. So, for example... Alex loves to go outside and ride his bike. It would literally be like me taking Alex to the park to go ride his bike, his little car thing or whatever. And, you know, my boo is there as well. And we kind of just watching him do that. So it's not like so interpersonal to begin with. Because I don't want it to be uncomfortable for anyone. And then, I mean, again, I have a two-year-old. I can't control what he say or do. I don't want to scare the man out. (laughs) So we needed to be very interpersonal. I mean, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> as close to uh, not a non-interpersonal connection as possible. I don't want that to be the first impression. That makes sense. I like it. I like it. So you did mention that you have a great co-parenting relationship. So do you think or when is it appropriate to talk about your past breakups with your man? <sighs> Um, so for me, I'm not going to lie, especially like with my current situation, it was immediately because it was so fresh. Mm. So I literally met him while I was still kind of ending things with my ex. So Mm. with that being said, I don't know, I, maybe I was too transparent, (laughs) (laughs) but he knew a lot because I just really had this thing and I mentioned this earlier about the hair and makeup and stuff like I have this big thing of putting all my cards on the table like mm-hmm. I am a strong pro, uh, a strong what's the Personality. word I'm looking for? 
No, I'm I'm saying um <laughs> I strongly believe in let's start there. <laughs> I strongly believe in not being deceptive. So with that being said, like I put it all out on the table. I let him know. Now I'm not going into details because I feel like you don't need to know that at this point. But what you do need to know is this this is the situation, this is what was going on, you know, surface level or whatever. Just really mainly to give them an idea of where my mind is at, where my head is at, and where they may potentially fall into that picture since they're in the picture. So yeah, I definitely put all my cards on the table. I know a lot of my friends was like, Bree, you you do too much. Like, but like I said, for me, I'm all about being open and honest. I've always been like that. That's just me. Open and honest. Like I'm an open book. I naturally am an open book. <laughs> well, if we if we go by the the definition that information that is omitted deems you as a liar, I am a liar. Okay. What? Not yeah, you, Jazz. Your outspoken self. <laughs> yeah, I am outspoken. I am. That is true. But past breakups, that's off limits. Let me tell you why. So I would keep it general. But to go into detail, that would take some time for me to disclose what happened. Because I don't want you to use that against me. I don't want you to, you're only doing this because A, B, and C. Or I'm not him. You know, and I think think sometimes people do not do that maliciously. However, some situations can trigger you. And you can react to something because because of your past. And if that person knows your past, they can say, listen, I'm not him. This is not that situation. Don't put that on me. And I don't want to hear that shit. So if I'm tripping. Yeah. So if like, now granted, I, some things you can do can trigger me and I can absolutely be tripping based off my past. But because you don't know the detail of my past, you cannot say I'm not him or anything that will, you know, suggest you're throwing it up in my face. Even though that's not your intent to do that, I still don't want to hear that shit. So for me to give detail, that is going to take some time. It will be the general, oh, it didn't work. Oh, I didn't work. You know, you know, it just be the general of what most people experience in a relationship but to know those details nah no get to know me but on the flip side to that with my men and I guess all men a red flag to me it says uh, for me if I'm asking you about why I didn't work with your ex it's really for me to see your response not necessarily the detail the moment a man says she's crazy and they cannot give me an authentic crazy story. Now that says more to more about him than it does about their situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you can't. I feel like people use "oh she's crazy" to cover up. They fucked her over, and she got tired of that shit, and she flipped the screw. You that know, so yeah. So when I'm asking about a past breakup, it's more so to hear their response and how you speak about the woman. Now, granted, some crazy shit may have absolutely occurred, but I want to see, are you holding yourself accountable 
yes, I did fuck her over. I did A, B, and C, blah, blah, blah. And in turn, she did this to me. And I get it. Even though that was some crazy ass shit, I get it. But if you just sit there, nah, man, she was crazy. She was crazy. I don't know. I had to get out of that situation. She was crazy. That says a lot about you. And I know I don't want to deal with you on a deep level. That that was a really good point that you bring up. And it also makes me think about like your readiness to entertain another situation. Mm-hmm. Because when I think about it, a lot of me, I guess, being at least with this specific situation with me and the guy I talked to, like a lot of me being so upfront was again, like I said, I'm naturally an open book, but it was also because like it was just still so fresh on my mind, like everything. So I feel like you know, if you are truly over the situation and different things like that, then talking about past breakups and things should not, I guess, mm, what am I trying to say? Like talking about past breakups should not control the current situation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I I get it. I get it. Like for me, it's just all about the response of the guy. And his response and how he talks about, how he speaks about the ex-woman, that would say a lot about his character. And that would be your, or at least your, it just speaks a lot about his character. I want to say that would confirm how he is as a man, but I don't want to go there because I do believe people grow from situations. But it's a great chance you you can depict his character as far as intimate relationships are concerned, from how he speaks about his ex. Now, granted, if some crazy shit happened, <laughs> it happened, but be able to tell me exactly what deemed her as crazy, but what did you do to ignite that response from her? Right. You know? True. I mean, then people are some shitty people. However, now, even though I would say I would, I would hide that, or I would contain that for as long as I can. One thing I do believe that should be talked about up front, finances. Finances, for sure. Uh, I don't know, because I feel like if you tell me, in a sense, I have to tell you. I don't need you knowing what's in my savings and, and stuff like that. I don't know if I want you knowing it. Like, like when is that appropriate? When, when, you, when, when y'all decide it? y'all are getting serious. When y'all decide y'all are getting y'all are getting serious. So I think I think it can start off about life goals. It can start there, right? True. It can start with life goals. You and know then what? Work your way up. That is a good point, Jazz. And then I feel like a lot of it as well. Also, you can just see from observation when it comes to finances. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you know what what kind of hobbies do you have? Like I noticed that. You do this like every single weekend. You always going out every single weekend. Like, what? What you? I I feel like you could definitely gauge a lot about a person's finances from their habits. I totally agree. I, I think everyone should really sit back and be realistic. So, for me, I lowball everybody. I automatically assume until until it is shown otherwise. Based off your job title, and I'll just say based off your based off your job title, I will automatically assume you make forty thousand dollars. And I could be totally wrong. You can make less or you can make more, but I will start you off at forty thousand dollars. 
anybody who knows me knows I'm always on the job market searching. So I'm always looking at um, jobs, whether they apply to me or not. And salaries are posted. I'm always like searching salaries and whatever. <laughs> so I, I do. So I would just put everybody at $40,000. All right. So you're at $40,000. Rent here in Jacksonville is about $1,000. Take that off the top. Right. So I'm, I'll start you off there. So dating a man, you getting your hair cut. What is that like? $20, $25 every week. And I hope yes. you tip. Let's put it up to 30. So, you know, so I just, I just start, I start calculating. And again, I am, I know I can be totally wrong, which is fine, but I try to make it realistic. So going to the living situation, I do live at a double standard. I'm not going to lie. I think it is acceptable for a woman with or without a child to have a roommate or stay at home with her parents. I believe that. Whatever. With the man, I do not believe in that. Unless, unless the only way you can be late 20s, early 30s, staying at home with your parents or having a roommate as a man you have to be actively saving like you have to be saving aggressively because the way I'm looking at it your biggest bill rent is split down the middle or is completely covered by your parent and you probably just giving them a few a couple of hundred hundreds of dollars right so you would have to be saving aggressively and when right. you walk out of your parents house or from your roommate situation as a man you need a high credit score and you need money saved up and you should be walking out of that situation and walking into your own home. And I don't Agreed. think that's a vain perspective. Some people may disagree or may agree, but that's how it works for my life. That's what I believe. Um, I wouldn't want my man telling me I have a roommate and then the next year he's moving out into another another apartment. Like, what did you spend that year or those, or those years preparing for? Not to rent. You you already renting. What was your end goal? But because I don't date women, I don't look that deep into women. <laughs> <laughs> but for men, yeah, absolutely. I But being observant, with, if you sit back and you just be realistic, listen, ladies, sorry, fellas, but to my ladies, be real with yourself. It is so many people, so many men that will spin, 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 and it will appear that they have so much money and no, the hell they do not. They are maxing out their credit cards. If they even have a credit card, they are borrowing money from other people just to show you a good time. They are living paycheck to paycheck. And it's really not about job title and salary. It's really about money management. Remember yes, when the government shut down mm -hmm. um, a couple of, okay. So when the government shut down, literally they only missed two paychecks and maybe, maybe three or four, but I know by their second paycheck, they missed everyone was in an uproar. Like they thought it was going to die. So you mean to tell me now, granted, I want my paychecks on time. I do. However, at the same time, I do have money to pay for my monthly expenses. Yes, I still want my damn check. Give me my check, but I'm not about to be in a panic. So many people's in a panic. Even people who have very high positions in the government right. with a nice salary, they were missing their mortgage payments. 
it's ridiculous. It's all about money management. So that's one thing that I'm big on is money management. You can live an okay life, a decent life, if you learn to live below your means. But I see these guys, they have $1,000 pair of shoes, every pair of Jordans, a nice luxury car, but don't own a home. That says a lot about you, and that's not a good thing. Like, I don't care about your closet. What are, what are the, those life goals we discussed? Earlier on in our relationship, you're not getting there wearing high fashion, but you don't own your own home. That just, it just doesn't make sense. Um, you know me, always being a little optimist. <laughs> you're so positive. <laughs> no, but I'm looking at it like, I, I totally agree with you. Like, because to me, it shows that, okay, you know, if I'm entertaining you, for the most part, it's because I see a, something potentially long term. So with that being said, if you can't manage your money, then you can't take care of me because I'm not yeah. going to I don't want to run the household. That's your job. And I'm not trying to teach you how to do that. You should come knowing that. So anyway, me being an optimist, I feel like, you know, not everyone wants to be an owner, though. Uh-huh. I feel like some people are. Yes, I feel like some people are totally OK with renting because it fits their lifestyle. And again, that could be their mentality, and maybe you know that's not. But they can't buy a condo, even if they want to be a bachelor pad. You can't, but you can't own the condo. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it just depends on the type of guy that you're attracted to and just what you want. But I have heard some people say, like, "No, I'm not trying to buy a house because I don't want to feel tied down. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm stuck to a situation. I want to have the freedom to move around." And you know, and I, I, I hear people say that, but. I don't understand the disconnect because at any given moment you decide you want to move to a new city or new state, you have something you can always make money off of, whether you decide to sell it or you can rent it out. So I, when I encounter people like that, if I care enough, I will engage with them to really see what are you really trying to convey? Because that just doesn't make sense. I get it. Everyone does not want a 2000 plus square foot home so and that's cool they love the apartment lifestyle living but again you can own the condo which is a fancy word for an apartment so I I mean I'm, I'm just so curious um for people who feel like I don't ever want to own because I don't want to be tied down like you don't want to own the damn condo like it's still a fancy <laughs> apartment it's a, a cute name for apartment but I don't know, finances to me is important. And the reason why I say this is because you can be with someone, you can be in a situation and you know what company they work for, the industry they're in. You can see their spending habits, what kind of car they drive. And it's so easy to assume that they quote unquote have money and no, the fuck they don't. I dated a merchant seaman. He legit was going around telling everybody, I make $100,000. I make $100,000. I made six figures. Now, to his point, he he was not into clothes. He drove a 99 car. Um, he wasn't, you know, into a grand lifestyle. And he did own his own home, but he didn't live in it. However, when it was all said and done, he made $50,000. And I saw it myself in black and white. But because he's a merchant seaman and he was doing it for, what, eight, nine years, it was believable that you was making six figures, but that was far from the truth. And so for me, myself, 
I'm not, I don't want to be blindsided like that. I don't want to, because we were, we, we had future plans and I didn't want to get into a situation where, what if we get pregnant? What if, you know, tomorrow we decide to get married and this whole time I'm thinking you make six figures and the whole time, no the fuck you don't. So seeing it in black and white is extremely important. You cannot assume no one's debt. You cannot assume anyone's salary, anyone's credit score. When y'all getting serious, I think that needs to be discussed. Like, it needs to be discussed. And it's not, it shouldn't be intimidating. But it is. No, honestly, I feel like it would only be intimidating if you know you don't have your shit together. That's true. Because me, girl, I'm I'm so glad to hand over my credit scores and my credit card limits and, and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, look. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm good over here. <laughs> and what else is going on? <laughs> right, exactly. And honestly, I feel like, now that, now that we're talking about this, I feel like that's kind of a key indicator to allow the guy to see what type of woman he's dealing with. And I, I said it specifically like that because from my experience, I feel like men are intimidated by women who are on their shit. Absolutely. Because it's like, you know, okay, this girl got a 750 credit score. Like she make this much money, you know, all her credit card balances are zero, but she got like excessive limits. Like mm-hmm. she on her shit. I can't fuck with her. Like I can't complain with her. I got to step to this girl. Right. So, and that's also a good opportunity too, I guess for the dudes to be like, damn, like if I don't, if he don't have his shit together, like, okay, let me get my shit together. Cause I really want her. Like, let me figure out what I need to do. Let me, let me have her help me get to where she at. You know what I'm saying? And I, in a situation like that, I would not mind that. To me, it's about your drive. So you may be in a not so good situation because like you said, a man can make six figures, but not know how to manage it right. Mm-hmm. And live so, paycheck to paycheck. Right. And so I'm totally cool with like you coming to the realization on your own. Cause I'm not going to be your parent or your financial advisor unless you pay me. <laughs> <laughs> so so if you come to the realization like, dang, like, Bree, I see you on your shit. You got this going on. You manage your money well. You do this. You do this. Like, can you help me out? Like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Because, you know, I know I make well over enough money, but I need to figure out how to get to where you are. With it. I'm totally cool with that because that shows to me that you have that drive. You're capable of getting to where you need to be to be a provider, if that's the case, if we get to that point. I agree. And going back to my example with the merchant semen, it was intimidating for him to know that when all, yes, I love that you can do A, B, and C for me, even though you really can't based off your salary (laughs) or other expenses. Um, But I don't need you for that. And that was intimidating for him. At least I believe he never admitted that out loud. But Looking at his track record and um, other indicators, I was led to believe that was intimidating as shit. Like, damn, she really don't need me? No, she really don't. So with my new boyfriend, I remember very, very early on in our relationship, I was like, listen, I know men, y'all say that y'all want a woman who is independent who can be an asset to your life. But based off my experiences um, personal and looking at the women around me and the things that they they have been through, that's a lie. Y'all want a woman who needs y'all. Y'all feel like y'all have to be needed to be a man. I can tell you right up front, I don't need you. However, 
I do like the luxuries of being in a relationship with a man that can do nice things for me. And in the day, I'm a woman. Yes, I love all of that. I'm a I'm a girly girl, so I love those things. But I'm not going to go without it. Either you're going to do it or I'm going to do it. And then eventually I'm going to find someone else that can do it for me if you don't do it. Does that make sense? So I told him up front, I'm like, listen, I have A, B, and C, X, Y, and Z. I don't need you, but I do want you. Is that too much for you? Because let me know now. Like, we can end this now because I'm not going to dumb my stuff down. I'm not going to make it seem like... I'm just a woman that's looking for a man as an income. That's not me. I'm not ever calling you crying. Oh, my God. Can you pay my phone bill? Oh, my God. I need $40. (laughs) Not the $40. (laughs) First of all, give me $4,000. But no, like I'm not. Like I'm just so I'm like, if that's what you want, that's what you're looking for. I'm not the woman for you. So let's just we can just dead that there. And he was just like, what? And I'm like, no, stop, take a moment, think about the kind of man you are, and I want you to get back to me the next day, and you let me know, like, this is a real thing, because it's easy to say, no, I want a woman that's on her shit. That's what you're supposed to say, but that's not what you really want. I agree. So I I, told, I gave him that moment, I gave him something to sit on, and yeah, so, you know, we still kicking, so... So let me ask you this. Let's say, because I noticed you kept throwing around that your ex made 50000 mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say, I'm just going to name a random salary. So let's say, um, let's say he made 40000 All mm-hmm. right, let's say your new boo made 40000 mm-hmm. Is that a problem for you? Or or let's let's not even put a number on it. Let's just say less Thank than you. you. <laughs> let's just say less than you. If he made less than you, is that a problem for you? But he knows how to manage his money well. Uh, so then my question would be, <laughs> what are you doing to increase your income? Okay. Are you looking for other opportunities outside of your, um, within your current organization? Are you taking the necessary courses, certificates, trainings? to give you um, a fair chance at requesting a raise? Are you looking at additional income? Like, are you investing your money in other things? Because let's be honest, I do have, I do believe when it all boils down to it, two incomes are better than one when you are married. And I will want to be in a situation where, because even now, all of my bills are on auto pay. I have no problem with auto pay, don't miss the beat and whatever. So I would, you know how everyone have that that great debate on social media? Well, who pays the rent or the mortgage and whatever? In my perfect world, that our incomes together, we wouldn't even miss it. That makes sense? I agree. No, I totally agree. I don't have a problem with starting from whatever as long as you are doing whatever you can to increase it because you're not going to stay there forever. I am at my current salary. I don't want to stay here forever. I'm still looking for ways to elevate myself within my career and outside of my career with investments. So I would need you to have that same ambitious. Now, don't get me wrong. I do not believe everyone should be a business owner. That's not everybody ministry. It's not, (laughs) (laughs) but I do think everyone should have something that 
they can make money off their money doing. That makes sense. Did I say that correctly? Mm-hmm. You can make, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't mm-hmm. the salary with the ex that was the problem. It was the lying. Like you didn't right, have to lie. Right, right. Of course, it was, it was the lie. It's just funny because you kept saying fifty thousand. He only made fifty thousand. <laughs> That's it. Like you, like you only made fifty thousand dollars. Like you walking around as if. Girl, that's another topic for another show. But you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. So let's go ahead and switch positions. When asked on Facebook, when do the real you show up in new relationships? Messy hair, taking your weave out with your man, missing haircuts, messy house, don't really cook, less makeup, morning breath, ugh, suppressing the bad parts of your personality, etc. Someone said it was rather quick like days or right away with my husband it was just different and those things didn't matter for some reason that's how I knew the relationship was going to be different so that was from a married woman's perspective but from a single woman's perspective someone said my current relationship lol it was a process to get here if I am being honest we get caught up on trying to be perfect or who that person wants it's unrealistic and the person love falls in love with an image and not the person. I think that was a typo for sure. Honestly, people have to learn to be comfortable with themselves first before really dating. But you know what was interesting on this post? <laughs> first of all, somebody said three to five business days. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, everyone on the post came to the realization that it's just best to be yourself from the beginning. And I agree. Same. I agree. I feel like really I like what the the first response you read. I like I like what that author said because for me, I do agree. I feel like when the chemistry is really there, it's like you you just feel so natural about being yourself. Like, and honestly, I think I read somewhere, and I could be totally wrong. I make a lot of stuff up sometimes, but I be right about what I say. It's just where I got it from. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, someone said, or I read somewhere, that if you get butterflies and you feel all giggly and bubbly and like you can't be yourself, then that's not the one. Like, the person that you're supposed to be with is the person that you truly feel like you could be your natural self. Like, not literally, but it can be literally, but literally, like, let your hair down with that person and just relax and be comfortable with them. And I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I feel like, like, for example, even with my ex, the guy I talk to now, like, the connection was just so natural. Like, I just automatically felt comfortable. I don't know if it was because we started out as friends first in both situations. Because it was a friendship that evolved into something more along the line eventually. But I just feel like I can totally be myself. Like, like you know, you see the real me. Because, again, like I said, I'm real big on that whole letting you know all the cards right there. So you can make a decision. I, like you, Dad, I don't want to take away anyone's right to walk away or to know what they have dealing with. So they can make an informed decision about okay do I want to entertain the situation or is this too much for me to handle so for me and again I don't want you to fall in love with potential I don't want to fall in love with potential oh, like okay. I need to know who I'm getting <laughs> just like I want you to know who you get because I don't want to disappoint you I don't want 
you know, like I've mentioned before, I've already had one divorce. I'm not trying to go through that situation again. You need to know everything up front about me. Because next time, you know, I ain't trying to do that again. So, yeah, I need you to know everything up front. And I expect the same in return. I demand the same in return. (laughs) And I feel like you can tell when somebody faking. Again, I don't know if it's just me and you, Jazz. We're very observant. Ladies, I'm sure you all are as well. But we know. It's like you get that intuition, that feeling. No, it's not at all. So yeah, just just be you. Yeah, and it's and it's honestly to dead stuff in the beginning when you're not too invested. It's so much easier. But from the from the vain point of view, a lot of things I do is because that's what I believe a woman should do as a woman. Right. But personality wise. And me having a billion clothes on my floor in my closet, you have to know that up front. Okay, you might you might know about my closet up front, but my personality and who I am as a person, as a woman, I'm not hiding that part about me. This is who I am. I'm outspoken. I'm loud. I'm highly opinionated. I know almost a little bit about a little bit of everything. I can engage in almost any conversation on any topic. I'm smart as shit, and I'm, I'm definitely not going to dumb myself down for anybody, right. so I might hide, I might hide a little bit of crazy, but that's it. Other than <laughs> that, you're going to get all of me. I think it's best to, like my, like our Facebook friend said, said it's best to be yourself up front. If you'd like to read more responses or share your cum diaries with us, like our Facebook and Instagram page at cum diaries. That's K-U-M diaries and email your diary entries at cum diaries at AOL.com. And again, that's K-U-M. Great topic. Great topic. Did you enjoy? I did. That was a really great orgasm. Well, we're not done yet. <laughs> Time for aftercare. It's okay to be the real you. All right, ladies, gentlemen, it's okay. Just be yourself. Building a relationship where you can be comfortable with being yourself is a great start to a satisfying partnership. On the other side, finding a way to support your partner's authenticity will also benefit the overall quality of the relationship. So let's be our authentic selves, people. We hope you enjoyed the show. I am JD. And I'm Bree. Thank you for listening to Come Diaries. Good Good night. night.